Uh, so thank you, sir, for a wonderful talk. Uh, it was very enlightening. Thank you. Um, my, I have one or two questions. Uh, one question is, how optimistic are you about the Sabrimala verdict? I mean, review that is planned in the court. Um, the second question is, uh, how optimistic are you about uh, the Supreme Court releasing all South Indian temples back to the Sampradayas? The first question is, how optimistic I am about the Sabrimala verdict? I am not optimistic. Two reasons. 99% um, of the reviews um, do not favor the agreed. The same judgment comes, almost the same judgment comes. Reason number two, I was in Supreme Court watching the proceedings. I was there watching. So I don't think it will favor Dharmic Hindus. No suspense. I was there. I was there watching the judges. I was there. The uh, some of the lawyers argued incredibly well. Incredibly well. First was uh, senior advocate professor, um, and uh, lawyers worth mentioning are senior counsel Venkatramani and Abhishek Manu Singhvi. He argued beautifully, and um, our um, Indic Collective Trust mentor Sai Deepak. It looked like they didn't want to give him time at all. <laughs> anyway, within three minutes, he did a rapid fire thing. He gave four wonderful reasons why this judgment should be reviewed. Subsequently, um, all these lawyers have filed written arguments. Um, okay, miracles can happen. But it is also the time that IAPA showed me some truths about the denomination. I am planning a separate Article 32 petition before the very same Supreme Court because I can't file a case before the Ireland Supreme Court. <laughs> I have to file it here. Let's see. As far as the government releasing the temples or Supreme Court asking these temples to be released by the South Indian governments, um, Pooja Swami Jayanda Saraswati's case is regarding two states and one union territory, Tamil Nadu, Andhra and Pondicherry. But whatever verdict that comes here, it will be applicable to all states which have similar laws or provisions. The case was filed in December 2012. Even the interim application is not being taken up. Our lawyers have been unduly busy in the last four or five months due to Shabarimala thing. So in March, again, we will pursue. I'm very hopeful in the matter of two or three years, the court has to come out with the obvious truth that government cannot be administrators of a secular government cannot be administrators of a Hindu temple or temples. Sir, I have uh, almost four questions to you on the presentation what you have given. Okay. Uh, when we generally base the basis your uh, inputs on the presentation, the consensus if I can say so is that we don't really understand the intricacies of the Supreme Court judgments and the belief overall whether they can give justice to us in terms of reclaiming these temples. Mm -hmm. So why are we insisting on a dispute resolution with courts again in the Dharmic matters? Okay, okay, that's your first question. First question. Second is 
how do we stop constitution getting it to the temple because the tamil word which you used how do you administer inside the temple how do you administer outside the temple how do we legalize that and protect it by say some vested interest who's just busy getting into our temples because the constitution doesn't define all those things inside temple outside temple some ritual can be disputed somebody can be i have seen okay that's the second question second question can i answer these two questions first yeah. before if i get up <laughs> i mean no i can i'll forget them yeah i can repeat it again again i am saying how do we protect the rituals of a particular temple constitutionally okay and fourth one is why can't we empower mathas to be the first dispute resolution uh, authorities constitutionally we all understand mathas have their own okay okay, okay. okay. now first thing is um your question first question to understand why are we going to the courts again yeah why are we building on or why are we proposing a structure where we are again going to courts again? oh when the um, constitution came into force 26 january 1950 huh? the date is correct unless i am the son of karnadi and he started okay um most of our temples or at least most of our big temples are already with government so where do you go and as soon as the constitution came into force the madras government tried to take four temples guruvayu chidambaram udupi um, sri krishna temple which is the shivurmat case and uh, mulki peta venkatraman swami temple okay they wanted to take all these four temples so that they would set an example and all temples will fall under government and guruvayu there was so much opposition they gave it up then chidambaram and shivurmat was a common judgment in madras high court mulki peta was again a similar judgment these two judgments became three appeals before the supreme court and uh, they withdrew the case they offered to withdraw the case in mulki peta and chidambaram but supreme court dismissed them and only shivurmat case was discussed and uh, denominations were defined and all that now the seventh judge bench of the supreme court has been the highest authority legal authority on uh, religious um, rights article 25 and 26 so naturally other uh, in other courts including supreme court had to follow the rational dictum of the supreme court some very good judgments have come from supreme court unfortunately because of the in my opinion the faulty definition of uh, denomination the hindus were short changed or had a raw deal and all now we have to go again there's a saying in tamil if you fall from a ladder you fall to the ground if you if you fall standing you fall to the ground again you have to go to supreme court only what else can you do as i said i can't go to the supreme court of ireland where in excellent chance of getting a better judgment but i, I can't go jurisdiction okay um that's one question the second question is constitution is not getting into your temples government is getting into your temples in the name of constitution some of the judgments are allowing it um it is only the government now can the government try and get into a mosque can the government try and get into velangani church or saint john's church or whatever the opposition will be severe we hindus we are only worried about our daily not our daily bread but our daily tithsada we have it and we think the kings were 
administering our temples in those days, so government is entitled to administer temples. We forget that the kings were Dharmic persons who followed Hindu sampradayas. And the truth is they never administered the temples. They, after building Tanjavur Bhagadishwara temple, the king gave it pouring water to the community. That is there in the uh, inscriptions. Every temple was like that. They never had ownerships of temple. Of course, they will oversee. Overseeing and ownerships are two different things. Constitution is not getting, but your question assumes a lot of significance vis-a-vis Dahi Handi, vis-a-vis Shabarimala Temple, vis-a-vis Diwali Crackers. Yes, your question assumes a lot of significance. But again, it's not the constitution. It is the interpretation of the constitution. How can constitution protect our rituals? Rituals and... See, ah. what, 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 what? apart from the Shabri Mala, which we understand and things like that, I've seen one of the posts in Twitter, a temple outside Malaysia or Indonesia writes in all languages saying that menstruating women should not enter the temple. I have a photo which I took in July in um, Trikonamali in Sri Lanka. Similarly, I have grown up and I will not touch the priest while taking prasadhanam or taking tirtha. He is supposed to be in Telugu, what he said, doesn't he is in a muddy yeah. form. No, I, I can see a scenario where somebody will thrash that person who says you should not touch him, you will own the priest. Priest anyway gone. But person who stands up and says this is our ritual, then there will be a constitutional scenario. So we are like trying to say that. The no, I, I, I understood your point. Uh, you were adding something, sir. This this adds to maybe really, uh, uh, stupid or not stupid essentiality. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. See again, the Shurur judgment, the seventh judge, is talking really uh, well about how to determine what are matters of religion. It gives a very lucid explanation. What is a matter of religion had to be seen only from the tenets of the religion. If somebody is following the Ayyappa Sampradaya, whatever rules that have been ordained for that Sampradaya, they only will decide what is the core essential thing. What may be essential for one sect may not be essential for the other sect. What may be essential for one sect may be downright wrong in the other sect. So, we are actually protected under the constitution for that because the article 26b says decide their own matters in matters in when it comes to religion. We can. But over the years, courts have started interpreting them and they even talked about superstitions and all that. Court is no person to say this is superstition, this is not superstition. Will the court declare, suppose I file a case tomorrow, 10 of, 10 of us, not only I, 10 of us, who are not Christians, like women did in Sabarimala matter. They are not devotees. They file a case. I file a case. Nowhere in the Bible we see that 25th December is the birthday of Jesus. Celebrating and preaching that he was born on that day is downright fraud. So, Supreme Court strike this down. Will the Supreme Court do it? It will say, no, this is a matter of faith. 
why don't we do it supreme court will say supreme court will say it's a matter of faith if you have any doubts on christians being denomination refer to oxford dictionary it will say what is a matter of faith cannot be deliberated by any court be it a supreme court or something. supposing there's a dispute among hindus themselves let's say this festival should be done on ashtami not navmi something like that something to do with uh, the traditions or custom then there is a court called a civil court a trial court where before a trial judge you adduce evidence in tamil um, those days the 12th century there is a song archil avanathil ailartam kaatchil archil means that which is by law avanam avanam means document okay there is some recorded shastra or book or something you follow or inscription law document ailartam kaatchil or witness my great grandfather is 97 years old he says no no this was celebrated only in anashtami and the court is inclined to accept his evidence so even in sabarimala if this is a essential part of the religion only a trial court could have decided and not a writ court is seen in the arguments of many of the councils so that answers your questions can the, the constitution is not coming into rituals the courts interpretations are coming and even when you have to decide what is the core essential thing it should be done with the tenets of the religion practice of the religion evidence and it could be done between the sampradaya people and not by outsiders what is the matas superior matas see that is where i came to the dharmic parichar each um, mata has its own sampradaya vaishnavite mata tengale vaishnavite this mata belongs to this lingayat community this mata belongs to the matwa community and within them there are divisions so if you have a dispute on a particular sampradaya ideally you should take it to the matadibadi of that sampradaya who is there as a representative of the community and who is whose i won't say job i won't even say duty whose dharma it is to teach the philosophy it is the proper thing to do i agree with you why can't it be transferred to matas not the temple should not be transferred to matas no that should always belong to the communities there are special reasons for that unfortunately i can't say that now matas is only for the teaching and sustaining the particular philosophies and building a shishya parampara there sir matas today have hospitals schools and all that that's a different thing there are general dharmic things but i feel and matas also have temples their own temples there they can do elsewhere they are not supposed to take over temples they can be guiding lights yes sir uh, like uh, as you said that based on some uh, like they should be belong to certain certain community in all they have to be uh, in the administration so i don't see anywhere that based on the spiritual level of that bhakti towards that temple that uh, uh, deity uh, there uh, they should be uh, given an administration power that was my one question and other question is not regarding the framework in the present situation the basic thing why this uh, we are facing this present situation is because there is no dharma shikshana among the hindus 
how can we uh, encounter the present situation? Uh, how can we give that education? What channel can we use? These were the two questions. Okay, um, the community, the sampradaya. You have to presume that they have enough devotion. You can't actually measure the devotion of each person by his or her outward actions or sayings. That is one thing. You have to see if this person has led a dharmic life, has not cheated anybody, has not uh, has been generally good. That much only we can go. We can't actually measure devotion. He is a regular temple visitor. She is a regular. She is doing seva for the temple regularly. She has kind words. She does not get into dispute. She is not a problematic person. He is not a problematic person. Those are the outward signs you should look for. Uh, beyond that, it is difficult, practically difficult. How do you measure one's bhakti? Exactly. So, uh, a person who is uh, into the devotion, uh, he, he may not be uh, belong to a certain denomination, right? He may even be someone who is a local... Yeah, a Shiva Bhakta may not belong to the exact denomination to which the temple belongs. He may be a great Bhakta, but he can't be in the direct administration in the framework we are talking about. He may be included as special invitees or people who are, we want them to be part of the board. See, we should give representation to all castes. It should not be caste based. It should not be even gender based. We should, it should be qualification based. But at the same time, we should ensure certain castes are not left out. Supposing in a town, 60% of the people belong to a particular caste. Either way, they should not hog the entire board. Or, none of them are there in the board. It's also not a good scenario. We should find out who is the most qualified among them. And especially those castes who are in the schedules, scheduled caste all that, we should not leave them out. There have been great bhaktas in each state, Karnataka or Tamil Nadu, from the Dalit community. Great saints have come. So, they should be also included. Community should be given place. Women should be given place. And it's all qualification based. Sir, I have two questions for you. Yeah. With respect to Sabrimala Vedic Suppose in case, Supreme Court declines to for the review. So, what is the possibility for the central government to bring an audience? Uh, wherein we do not, uh, do we need any uh, help from the state government as we do not we do not expect any help from there? Second thing, second question is again with the to the supplementary So, uh, when the state government was bringing the non-Hindu women into supplementary temple, Sri D. Mohandas filed a case against that. So, when the Kerala government filed an affidavit stating that. Uh, Shabrimana is a secular temple and there should be a larger discussion about it. So what I think is, it could be a secular temple, maybe we don't have anything as such in constitution, it could form a secular one. And in that case, that could be a new religion altogether, right? Okay, answering your question, first question, what can the central government do? The central government can do much, 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 much more than what it is doing now or what it is not at all doing now. We must remember the subject of temples or religious institutions or religious charities is a concurrent subject in the 
constitution, which means both the central government and the state governments can legislate on it. The um, central government's legislation will be on a higher pedestal than the state government, which is what we saw in Jallikattu matter. Because of central government, Jallikattu was banned. Because of central governments, Jallikattu came back. That is the truth. Because it was also a concurrent subject. Now, today, all central government has to do is define denomination as Sampradaya. They have an act called Places of Worship Act. There is also two provisions there which says whatever be the denomination of the temple on as on August 15, 1947, it should not be changed or it should not be diluted. So, the impact of the Supreme Court judgment is it belongs to the Ayyapa Sampradaya following a particular observance or faith, it is sought to be diluted. Second, whatever was the religious character, section 4 of the place of worship act, whatever is the religious character of the place of worship, be it a Shia mosque or a Sunni mosque or a Protestant church or a Hindu place of worship like Shabirimala, whatever was, was the uh, religious character on 15th August 1947, it should not be changed. So, government should easily in their own act, just add two lines saying, defining religious character. Don't leave it to the courts. Court is saying, no, 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 no. Uh, you are just Hindus. You don't have any special uh, religious character, people who go to Shabirimala. That is one thing. Second question you ask, you ask is like, uh, sorry? No, no, no. See, the case was filed by non-devotees. It's very clear. People who had no locus, no intention of going and worshipping Ayapa. Case was filed to create confusion because Shabarimala is attracting more than a million devotees every year and more devotees are coming. And Kerala, which is becoming slowly becoming a Hindu minority state, is getting a large influx of Hindu devotees year after year after year. Some forces in, including the communist forces in Kerala did not like it and that's why the case. So, Sabarimala, the Kerala affidavit says it's a secular temple. I'm saying the Kerala government is an atheist government. How can an atheist government give an affidavit about a temple? I have filed a case in Kerala against the Kerala government, against Pinarayi Vijayan, against the Trivanko Devasam board. My main thing is the Kerala government has absolutely no stand, no authority as per the Travancore Cochin Religious Institutions Act. They should keep away, they have no local standing, ask them to shut up. That is my case. After my case was filed, much of the power of the uh, Travancore Devasam Board was curtailed by the Honorable Division Bench. They have appointed two retired judges and one police officer. And any major decision the Tevanko Devasam board has to take has to be in consultation with that. We need not go by the, uh, we need not go by the, uh, whatever affidavit. There's no such thing as secular temple. Is, is the, as I said, is the bishop of Kotayam coming there? Is the, is the imam of uh, Kanjarapalli is coming there and doing the pujas? It is the tantri who is doing the pujas. We have to do three things. We have, we Hindus have to do three things. Be aware. Beware. We have to be aware of the forces which are trying to destroy us. We can't be eating curd rice and sleeping. Okay. Second, and be aware and spread the awareness.
three, you know, we had to, I mean, when I say be aware, the constitution gives us three rights under religious rights, profess, practice and propagate. Today, a Hindu, he looks here, looks there, and if he's among Hindus, he says, yeah, I'm a Hindu too. Otherwise, he doesn't say that. Practice is strictly contained because government has our institutions, including matas, all our charities. There is a Raja Chatram in Tanjavur district, which was endowed as a Hindu religious charity by Raja Sarfoji, Maratha king. It has 33,000 acres. That charity is with the collector of Tanjavur today. And he is saying only 2,000 acres are left. Can somebody eat? 31,000 acres of, you know, simply gobble it up. <laughs> it hurts to laugh. Okay, now, be aware, be um, vigilant, agitate when you have to, and file cases, like yours truly does. It's actually rubbish, oxymoronical to say secular temple. Secular and uh, temple doesn't go together. Even according to your dictionary terms. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Mr. Srinivasan was making a statement, very important, valid statement. Okay, what will happen to the Padmanabha Swami treasures once the government leaves its control? We have, uh, not we, a very, very ardent devotee of uh, Padmanabha has come out with a very, very good solution. His name is Jacob Mapleshari, but an absolute devotee of um, Padmanabha Swami. He has suggested, he has filed an application before the Supreme Court by which the 500,000 crore rupee worth treasure, even by the gold value or other value, it is worth 200,000 crore rupees. It is kept there like it is kept in Fort Knox, the security improved. Union government guarantees that amount to be returned. And RBI treats it as its own vault. The, the gold is not moved out of it. RBI treats it as gold deposit and issues bonds or quasi-currency based on that gold with the central government backing. And that 200,000 crore rupees, which anyway Modi ji has been asking RBI, I want 200,000 crore rupees. Here it is. Padmanabha Swami is giving you, provided you guarantee it, Take this 200,000 crore rupees, issue bonds or issue quasi-currency, use it for your infrastructure works or other banking purposes, improve the society, but give Padmanabha Swami 5% tax-free interest, which will translate to 10,000 crore rupees per annum. And Kerala will have Hindu schools, Hindu hospitals, they will not go to St. Joseph's College or Alfonso school for women, not anything, their own hospitals, and it will be a good thing, which is what the communist government does not want to happen. The gold being discovered, the gold is not 300-400 year old gold, it's, we have parts of Roman coins, 2000 years old. This has been maintained by the Chera kings as Padmanabha Swami's wealth. Okay, now that it is discovered, it needs to be protected and it can help the community improve. Thank you very much. Jai Shri Patpanala.